Triple Double Trace is one great way to cleanse the palate and get the first win in Big Ten play this season. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you for making us your first listen this Thursday, another Victory Thursday on this, or this week, and this one came with a bit of history attached to it. IU picks up its first Big Ten win of the season at home against Nebraska 81 to 65 is the final and Trace Jackson Davis becomes the third player in IU basketball men's basketball history to record a triple double finishes with 12 points 11 rebounds 10 assists the 10th assist came at the very end of the game on an and one to Trey Galloway boy are we going to talk about him uh but what a what an accomplishment for for Trace who did a bit of everything on Monday added as well three blocks and three steals um on Wednesday night stat tweeted out uh, by I believe Opta stats uh that said it was Trace Jackson Davis is the first D1 player to have a points rebounds assist triple double while also having three plus blocks and three plus steals since Arizona's Luke Walton did it against USC January 17th of 2002. He was two rebounds, two blocks, or excuse me, two steals, two blocks away from a 5 by 5 which is not something that ever happens. NBA, college, anything of that sort. Remarkable performance from him. And he didn't even have to do it scoring the ball uh, a ton. He controlled the game. Um, and we saw... Teams are going to throw doubles, throw zones at Indiana, and this was a counterpunch to that. It was a really positive palate cleanser, like I said, for that frustrating Rutgers game to come back and play like this, to win a game in which you don't need Trace to look incredible. Xavier Johnson looked, we'll talk about him too, but not a great outing from him either, and yet you win this game very comfortably, I think is about as good as you could draw it up in terms of kind of erasing the memories of that Rutgers game and to head into this Kansas or this Arizona game, excuse me, in the right mindset. So excited about this one, but hats off to trace. Uh, He said after the game that these are the kinds of, of things he came back to IU for on top of the team success. I mean, this is still a really cool honor I remember it being a really big deal when Juwan Morgan did it uh, a handful of years ago. I loved that everybody in the, in the stands knew that he was two assists away when he came back and knew he was one assist away when he found Trey Galloway. He got the rightful ovation that he deserved. Awesome for him. Like I said, a great palate cleanser. The way IU won was most important in this that it was a team effort it was a balanced attack 
and it was done with a, a great defense as well. IU jumped out, I believe, to a 20-5 to lead. They jumped out to a big lead early. Nebraska could not get things rolling. They finished shooting 42.9% from the field, but they were 36.6% in the first half, just 6 of 23 from the three-point line. They were obviously without one of their top players. IU was ob- or was out with Jalen hood Shafino. Um I guess that leveled things a bit. Really hope uh, Jalen is going to be healthy and ready for that Arizona game because IU really, really needs him for that one. But leveling the field in that regard helped. What helped the most, as I said, was that balanced attack. Trey Galloway had 20 to lead um, IU in scoring. Tamar Bates had 19, his best game ever. Uh, for IU, I would think, between the opponent. I know he, he's had higher scoring nights, but it was a Big Ten opponent this time. The way he scored, the efficiency with which he scored. If you get something like this, Tamar Bates, uh, this is great, great news. Obviously, it's one game, but hopefully it's a game that kind of ignites and, and is used as a springboard into better performances. Same for Trey Galloway. Miller Cop had 13 points. He only hit one three to do that. He was six of 11 from the field, uh, five of six inside the arc. So I would not have anticipated that. It was a lot of the role players stepping up, which considering the, the kind of rant that I went on earlier this week about I use depth and how we spent the beginning of the season talking about there being depth and then it just not showing up for repeated big games. This was a great response to the UNC game, the Xavier game, the Rutgers game. I know the opponent wasn't quite as good, but to have them do something against a non like cupcake, if I'm being quite honest is, is great news. And it was, they did a lot of something. This wasn't some, uh, kind of a slightly above average performance. Trey and Tamar were a combined nine of 14 from three. If they can do something like that, you're that's again, that's just such terrific news. This is, I mean, this is probably best case scenario of what you're ever going to get. Trey Galloway isn't going to be hitting step back three pointers off the dribble um, <laughs> in probably any other game this season. But those open threes are going to be there. The same with Tamar Bates. Those open threes are going to be there. So I, I do think there are things you can take from this game and from this performance that you can apply to other games. Because like I said, and like we've seen that Rutgers game tonight as well, teams are going to throw double, even triple teams at Trace Jackson Davis when that ball gets in the post. He's adept enough at finding the open guy when he's doubled and tripled. And it's coming down to whether that guy can make the shot, whether that guy can make the play. Miller, Trey, Tamar, they all made the plays on Wednesday. And that's how IU wins comfortably with getting, at least points-wise, not a ton of production out of Trace or Xavier Johnson in this one. Ultimately, I, I think the best way to wrap this, uh, or to recap, I should say, this game, IU shot 32 of 60, 53% from the field, 
11 of 25, 44% from three. After the game, Mike Woodson, quote, life is pretty damn good when you make shots. Simple as that. He said after the game that IU had open shots against Rutgers, they did not make. They made those shots on Wednesday. Life feels a whole lot better. The sky isn't falling, and uh, there's a lot more optimism on the horizon. Let's talk specifics about Tamar, about Trey, Miller, Xavier, all those guys. Before we dive into that, though, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is one of our sponsors today. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's where LinkedIn comes in. You can post your job for free there. Add it to your profile so all of your connections, all of your network know you're hiring. They're going to have screening questions to make it simpler for you to find the right candidate. So honestly, you're not wasting time interviewing people who aren't the right fit for your company, for your business, whatever it may be. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen today, every single day. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, wherever you guys get your podcasts at. Let's start with Trey Galloway as we highlight some performances We talked about Trace in that first one, so we don't need to kind of further go on talking about him. Although, shout out, the one-handed rebound he had, if you guys watch the game, you know what I'm talking about in that first half. Just goes up left-handed, just palms the ball, comes down with it. One of the most absurd rebounds I've ever seen. I just wanted to mention that. Trey Galloway, 27 minutes, 7 of 10 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3. 20 points, 4 rebounds, and assist. Um... This is like a idealized version of what you would want from Trey. Maybe a little bit more um, ball handling and, and playmaking. But outside of that, this is it. <laughs> this is what you want. He spoke after the game that his uh, injury that he had surgery on in the offseason led to him doing a lot more stationary shooting, which led to some more repetitiveness and or repetition, I should say. And that's what matters when you're doing spot-up three-point shooting, as he's doing on most of these scenarios. His three-pointer has looked improved this season, even if it hasn't always been, I guess, reliable or um, it hasn't always fallen. I mean, it, he's taking it at a higher rate. He is making it is seemingly at a higher rate, even before going four or six from three on um on Wednesday so there is an improvement just in the confidence in his shot which matters it matters as much as anything uh coming into tonight he was I mean it was just 28.6 percent uh he was two of seven so I guess it wasn't quite the jump that I thought but going four of six is going to make that percentage look a lot better it feels like he's shooting the ball with more confidence 
I guess maybe I'm factoring in some of the exhibition games as well. But yeah, I mean, Trey normally gets his points going to the rim. Those spot-up opportunities are going to be there. He's he slotted into the starting lineup, obviously, tonight, and that led to even more spot-up opportunities. Um, he's going to have to take him if he's on the court. You can't turn those down, and there's not going to be an easier shot to take than a wide-open three-pointer. The same goes for Tamar Bates. 25 minutes, 7 of 12 from the field, 5 of 8 from 3, 19 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. The two of them also only had one turnover. That is as important as anything. But Tamar feels like someone that the three-point shooting could be a bit more sustainable. Just be, I mean, part of it's because he's not, he is a scorer. Like that is what he, uh, that's what he does. That's kind of his calling card. He was 34.8% coming into tonight. That, uh, that's going to also take a big jump after this one, but it's the same thing. Those shots weren't particularly like challenging necessarily. Like there was some swing, swing three pointers and some, spot up three pointers and stuff like that, that when you're on the floor with trace, those are going to be available. He's going to kick it out a couple swings and you're going to be the open guy in the corner shooting the three. You're going to be the guy on the wing. If he makes a skip pass shooting the three, that's where Trey and tomorrow are going to find these uh, shots at. If you make those shots, you're going to see a lot of playing time and theoretically they're easier shots to make the open ones. So finding that rhythm, knocking down those shots, that's what you need out of the guys around Trace, whether it's Trey. Miller Cop's done it great this season. Uh, Xavier, eh. um, Tamar, Jalen Huchafino has been streaky about it. But that's what you need around Trace is guys who can step into those open looks and knock them down. And that's, in a lot of ways, it's going to be the difference in whether IU is competing at the highest levels or not because those shots are going to be there and teams are going to dare IU to make them until they start consistently making them. It's interesting timing to do it now because it might factor into that Arizona game plan a little bit. Maybe guys are close out a little bit harder on Trey or tomorrow or they don't wander as far away. Maybe that opens things up for trace, but ultimately number one on the scouting report is going to be contain trace jackson davis by any means possible which means those open shots are going to be there for various guys on wednesday trey and tabar knocked them down they're going to need to continue knocking them down because they're going to continue to be there xavier johnson cool that was a uh that was back-to-back not pretty games from him and at a time when i you really needed him to have big games uh with jalen out he has not stepped up to the plate in the game at Rutgers or the game tonight. He was two of eight from the field, had four points, a rebound, two fouls, four assists, seven turnovers and a steal. A couple of the turnovers were, I mean, I think on back-to-back plays, he had charges. I don't, I mean, they were kind of questionable, but it's, it's a matter of, Xavier has to know he can't put himself in that situation. Like he has to play with more control. He's the only point guard, natural point guard Indiana has. He's a veteran leader out there. He has to be smarter than that. And I know I can, I can zoom in on these isolated incidents and 
They're 50-50 calls that maybe they should have went the other way, but don't leave it in the judgment of the refs, especially Big Ten refs. You have to be smarter out there. And that's been my main complaint the last two games is he's just not, he seems like he's trying to do too much and trying to like carry the entire load, I guess. And it's been bad the last two games. Uh, Nobody should be happier that Trey Miller, Tamar played some of their best games of the season than Xavier. Cause if I use struggles or goes down in this one, think a lot of people are zooming in on Xavier's stat line and back-to-back Big Ten games and wondering what's going on there. Hopefully Jalen's back and that takes some stuff off his plate. and Maybe he's able to get back into his natural role or a role he's more familiar with this season. I'm not really sure, but you you can't have games when you're the only point guard and you have seven turnovers and are committing some silly fouls, uh, some silly offensive fouls. Regardless if the Big Ten officials are doing Big Ten officials things, don't leave it in their hands is my biggest thing. Miller Cop, I continue, I, I will continue to eat crow. I didn't, I didn't expect this. I didn't think he could score like this or, or, or contribute like this. 13 points, 6 of 11 shooting. One of five from three. He was doing a lot of his work in the paint. Floaters, little baseline jumpers, little um, shots around the paint. Kudos to him, man. Teams are going to close out on him really hard, and those types of shots are going to be there if he can beat his man and either draw a defender or just knock down that little mid-range shot by any means uh, necessary, whether it's a pull-up jumper, whether it's a floater, whatever it may be. That's what he was doing on Wednesday. They were closing out hard. He was going around his man and knocking down that little in-between shot there. So 13 points, four rebounds, three assists. Big credit to him. He's been as reliable as anybody this season in terms of role players. I mean, honestly, outside of Trace, he might be the next most reliable Hoosier this season. It was Xavier for a little bit, but these last two games have kind of knocked him down a little bit. Miller's been about as reliable as anybody has this season. So I didn't see that coming. I didn't expect that in the least bit. Another hat tip to him. I'll continue to eat crow on that one because he continues to perform extremely well. And so kudos to him on that big win for Indiana. We'll talk about the Arizona game in tomorrow's episode, but what a great way to kind of, get rid of the the Rutgers game and head into the Arizona game with a lot better vibes, a lot more momentum on that one. IU women's team has their road opener in the big 10 tonight. We'll talk about their trip to Penn state, what to expect from the Nittany lions in this one. Now there are no lines up quite yet for IU Arizona, but if you guys want to do some betting this weekend, Head on over to betonline.net. They are your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Can bet on the World Cup as well. For those of you that are enjoying the soccer, it's back on Friday through the weekend. There will be World Cup action. So if you guys want to do some some betting to spice some things up there, you can head on over to betonline.net. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today. 
or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Let's talk IU women's basketball. They look to remain unbeaten as they travel to a place they've actually struggled historically at, Penn State. Tip-off is tonight at 7 p.m. in the Bryce Jordan Center on BTN+. Plus. I honestly do recommend getting BTN+. Plus. I got it this season. It's It's been a, a very useful addition. You can watch replays right away. And the Sayu women's team is one of the best in the country. I've complained in the past that I don't know why the number three team in the nation is on a behind a paywall, but speaking to deaf ears and so be it. But the number three team in the nation will be behind a paywall. I recommend getting BTM Plus if you guys don't have it. Uh, you can try to tune in on the radio, uh, maybe something else. Um, if there are other sites you can find the game on, I'm not sure if those exist, but uh, if some of you have them, it's also available on the radio 105.1 in the Bloomington area. But as I said, IU historically just 18 and 33 against Penn State, 6 and 22 on the road. Uh, just a, one of those bugaboo teams, it seems like, for Indiana. Now, that being said, they have dominated this rivalry in recent years, dating back to 2015. IU has won. Nine of the last 10 games, the one loss, predictably, in Pennsylvania. Uh, But outside of that, they've won the last five. They had that loss in 2018. They won the four before that. Predating that, though, I mean, obviously, this was a rivalry thoroughly dominated um, by Penn State. If we're talking about winning nine of the last 10, that means at one point they were 9-32 and against Penn State. So a place where... At least dating back, Indiana struggled in recent years, especially under Terry Morin. Not so much. Still, though, you never know when those old demons might uh, might arise. This Penn State team, an interesting one. They're 7-2 on the season. They won their first seven games. They lost their previous two. If you look at the net, they're ranked 52nd. That's really all we kind of have to go on with some of these teams. For reference, Memphis was 51st. Indiana handled them pretty well in Las Vegas. So right around in that area, Memphis, they beat by 15 points. It's not apples to apples. That doesn't mean IU's going to win by 16 points tonight. But uh, Bowling Green is only a couple spots lower than that, and IU beat them by 30-some. So right there in that range where IU's handled the opponents they played there, but Big Ten games on the road. Always have a different vibe to them than random non-conference games, obviously. Like I said, they won their first seven, not against particularly great competition. Syracuse, the only real, the only power five school they played during that span. Lost to Virginia handily in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And then lost to Minnesota on Saturday in their Big Ten opener in double overtime, 98 to 96. Players to watch in this one, the big one, the main one, McKenna Marissa, guard for Penn State, one of the very best players in the conference, one of the best guards in the country. I don't feel like that's much of an exaggeration. 18.7 points, 4.8 rebounds, 4.4 assists, 2.0 steals, shooting 46.7% from the field, 46.2% from three. That's on 39 attempts, so... Uh, over four attempts per game, 
and she's making nearly just nearly half of them. Like I said, as good of a player as you're going to find in the Big Ten this season. And so she's going to be the next one that Indiana has to deal with. They dealt with Makaira Cook. They didn't really deal with her. Makaira Cook kind of had her way with Indiana on Sunday. And Marissa's coming off a 34-point game against Minnesota in that double overtime loss. So good luck. Have fun with that one. That's going to be another tough challenge for the Hoosiers. Not that Penn State's a one-person team. Uh, Le- Leilani Kapnis has, uh, is averaging 10 points, 6 rebounds per game, shooting 54% from the field. Uh, then Shea Shecky is averaging 10 points, shooting 37.2% from the three-point line. But a lot of the focus is going to be on McKenna Marissa. Rightfully so. You'll get to watch one of the best players in the Big Ten, one of the best guards in the country, if you tune into this game on BTN+. Plus. Another chance for a quality win, depending on how things shake up, potentially another quad one win if Penn State plays well during Big Ten play this season. But this is uh, this continues to be a... I don't want not the toughest opening possible for IU uh, in terms of Big Ten play, but not the easiest one either to face an upstart Illinois team and then one of the best players in the Big Ten is your first two games. It could be harder, but it could be a lot easier. We'll see how the Hoosiers handle that one tonight. Like I said, seven o'clock on BTN Plus. Thanks for tuning in to Locked on Hoosiers yet again today. Thanks for making us your first listen. We'll be back tomorrow to recap that women's game, to preview the men's game against Arizona. One of the big ones on the schedule. We'll get you all set for that one. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast. All of that great stuff. Appreciate all the support you guys continue to give us. Most importantly, though, guys, I hope you all have a great Thursday. We're almost to the end of the week. As always, though, LEO.